Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we are going to, to borrow a phrase from Matt, traverse the football <laughs> landscape. Yeah, there's, there's a lot a lot of little things going on. Nothing nothing huge right now in the moment, but some, you know, some table setting for some huge things coming up. So let's talk about some of the fragmented pieces that I have floating around in my head. Okay. ASU doesn't have an offensive coordinator, and Tua might come back to college. Where do you want to start? Uh, well, we can start with Tua. I suppose, um, because I don't believe that he's going to end, really end up coming back to college. Um, and and I, I think the only way that he does would be, and I don't know if he's going to know this, but to, to just rehab, like, to, you know, to really just come back, rehab. I, boy, I sure would not. I mean, I, I thought his interview with Herb Street, he came off very mature, very professional, um, you know, very aware and if he is aware, I, you know, for me, I would not take another hit for free. Like, you know, I'm, the next time I put on a pair of pads and a jersey and a helmet, I'm getting paid for it. Uh, you know, I've had a career-threatening injury already. I'm not risking another one. I really enjoyed his transparency. I, I don't know if it was that same interview. I think it might have been where they asked, well, if you were a top – five or top 10 player would you go and he basically said yes yeah yeah i mean i i thought he came off as very very poised very aware you know just like i mean what he said was like you know hey you know money lost is money lost um and and he you know he really came off looking at it from the perspective of okay i gotta make the best decision i can make and for me, you know, I mean, look, I'm not privy to his medical information. I'm also not privy to what teams are telling him and what they're thinking. But I, I guess my thought would be, you know, I look back at a Willis McGahee situation. I know it was a different injury, but it was still a, a major injury that threatened his career. And he still went in the first round. And that injury he was rehabbed. months later, too. It was. It was. It was at the end of the season, you know, bowl, the national championship game. Um, now it's a different injury, you know, but, but still it was a major one. Um, and he went out and again, the, the talent sells and I just, I have a hard time believing that he will not go in the first round somewhere. And if you go in the first round, you're making good money. Now, is he going to make as good of money as, as he would make if he had gone number one overall? No, not right off, you know, but you're still making money. You're with an NFL team that can, you know, put you in their rehab system, their doctors, their trainers, which you would you would hope are good. Uh, I mean, I know Alabama's got the finest of the finest when it comes to college, but, uh, you know, you, you get on a pro rehab program where your only objective is to rehab, get healthy, and, and if you have to sit out your first year, you sit out your first year. You know, there's nothing, you know, there's worse, worse things. Um, you go to the meetings, you, you watch practice, you, you know, maybe you're on, you know, the non-football injury or something like that, I don't, you know, since it's not an NFL injury and you can get some reps in, um, you know, I just think you do that um, rather than risk coming back and, and playing again, again, you know, I'll say it again for free. And, you know, people may not like that term for free because, oh, they get a scholarship and blah, blah, blah. Well, he's not being paid to play football. And if he gets hurt again in college, he might things never change be. big time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, especially another major injury. Um, you know, a sprained ankle or something like that is not going to ruin his, you know, the future. But, you know, I just wouldn't. I just would not put my body back out there on the line 
um, knowing that I, you know, I got a bird in the hand for, you know, you're going to get drafted. You're probably going to get drafted fairly high. I would take it. Uh, yeah. but we'll see, you know, it'll be interesting to see what choice he makes, obviously. Well, the the injury you brought up, McGahey. The one that came to mind for me with this talk is uh, Jalen. Is it Jalen Smith? Is that his name? Yes, Cowboy Lineman. Yeah, that's another. That's yeah, another good one. Yeah, he, yeah. Major injury, and basically it was just agreed. Well, he's going to miss the year. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and he did. you know what? He he got paid. And, and one thing that right. we don't talk about, the thing that you don't want to mention, is if you're a second round pick and you're really good. You're mm-hmm. kind of better off than being a first round pick. You get free agency a year sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. There's no there's no fifth year option, and yeah, you can you can strike it rich with that second deal. So, yeah, I, I mean, you're right. Um, and he did. You know, I mean, Smith already signed a big extension with the Cowboys before this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so yeah, I I, uh, I I I agree. I mean, I you know, it's interesting, and obviously, I mean, he's smart to look at all his options. But I just think ultimately there's one option that makes more sense than the others, and that is put your name in, um, you know, and NFL teams will obviously want to look at your medical information and know what you, you know, he's not going to be able to, you know, throw or do anything at the combine, obviously. He's not going to be able to do any private workouts. I mean, it's going to, but look, he he put two years worth of, of incredible play on film, and that ought to be enough. But, you know, and then you see what you got, you know, physically from him what he looks like by the end of April you make your decision at that point but it just would be surprising to me if he doesn't still go in the first round somewhere because if you're a, if you're a playoff team that's got an older quarterback and there's several wouldn't you take wouldn't you be tempted to take that chance if somebody like that is sitting there for you that you know like yeah I mean okay maybe it doesn't work out but boy it's worth the risk because maybe it maybe it's a home run for you yeah uh, for example if you're the Patriots Yes, <laughs> you know. or the Saints. Um, you or know, I mean, Packers. those are two you think of, right? Yeah, I mean, he's not as old, but yeah, or the, mid- or the Steelers, or the or the Steelers, or yeah. the Chargers, yeah. or yep, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot. You know, like there's there, you run them down, and there's a lot of teams that have older quarterbacks. I mean, you know, you even could throw in. We don't think of these guys as old just yet, but you know, the Falcons with Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan's in his mid thirties. Uh, you know, like. If you got that opportunity, wouldn't you have to think about it? You know, it's, it, I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of teams that will be in that, you know, whether you're in the lower half of the first round if you're good or the top half of the second round if you're not good, that would certainly have to be tempted by that if he even makes it that far. Because if you believe that the Dolphins organization is in, is in love with him in the way that they've been portrayed, Dolphins have three first-round picks. It'd be hard to see them letting him pass three times. If they really love him as much as supposedly they do. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to talk about ASU's missing offensive coordinator, but since we're talking about the draft, uh, let's pivot to Eno Benjamin, who yeah. formally yeah. declared for the draft. He has graduated from ASU. He has beaten U of A. Yep. And yep. Two, two territorial cup game MVPs. Um, and this year was, was, you know, was his second half. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, we said it the day after the game, and I, I, you know, I think I texted you that night, you know, that if this was the last time we saw him play for ASU, pretty good way to go out. And I, I, did he officially say he's not playing the bowl game? I don't know if he did. No, he hasn't, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I do remember we went down this road with Nikhil Harry last year. It was the same thing. He declared, and then, uh, well, maybe he's going to play, then, then he didn't play. He, look, he's not going to play. Scenario. He's, he shouldn't. I, I wouldn't if I, no, you know, and if no, I was advising I mean, again, him. Same same thing as Tua. I wouldn't, you know, the next time I'm taking a hit, I'm getting paid for it. Well, um, you know, different situation, but but same end result for me. Like, you get paid the next time you get hit. Well, and similar to um, Harry last year, I would I would treat him the way it, we treated Harry. Come, mm-hmm. come to the oh, bowl. Sure. Be sure, on the yeah. sidelines. Bring him to the game, and and you know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's look. There, I think you got to be realistic about this, and and the you know the genie is out of the bottle on on this whole you know bowl, bowl games, games don't matter just as much. Mm-hmm. They don't mean as much. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, look. I'm I'm excited to see the Sun Bowl. It's going to be fun, but it, it doesn't really mean anything. There's no, there's no tangible meaning to it, and. Uh, you know, no, he should not play in it. Um, if I was Brandon Ayuk, I'm not sure I would play. Uh, you know, like, he's a senior, so there's no leaving early. But he's got a chance to possibly be a first-round pick, if you believe some projections. Now, it is a it's a loaded receiver class, so I don't know if he really will be. But he's going to be a fairly high pick. I'm not sure that I would, you know, put my health on the line in a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, look, and, and no one you'll care because you're going to the Sun Bowl. Yeah. No yeah, one will care yeah. about the outcome of the Sun Bowl. I, I mean, but but in all honesty, I'm going because it's a, you know, it's a new place to see a game. It's uh, it's ASU and Florida State, which are two of the you know programs I root for the most. Um, I'm not going because it's like, oh boy, I, you know, this is a monster game for ASU. It's not. You know, it's it basically what it is is the start of the 2020 season. You know, and and I think a lot of teams treat their bowl games that way now, which is okay. This is this is when we start to turn the page toward next year, um, and that's what it should be. It should be a time to see, okay, what well, what do we have at receiver coming back? Um, you know, what who do we have at running back? Obviously, we're almost certain to find out. You know, we're going to get carries for other guys, and and that's smart because you know, as we've discussed, and we will discuss ad nauseum, I'm sure, going over the next nine months. It's a big year next year. You know, it's it's a year that, that there will be some expectation on the program, and there should be. And so why wouldn't you use the next, you know, two, three weeks plus that game to start getting a feel for what you got next season? Yeah. That's, I mean, as we have talked about, that is what the practice time is for. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I read some, I think it was Jeff Metcalf, who, you know, isn't my favorite Arizona Republic writer, but, you know, he... He said something, I think, about it. it wasn't in relation to Benjamin because it was, it was a week or so ago. might have been uh, when the news came out about, you know, Lycans getting let go. And, and he said, you know, more and more, you know, bowl games are, are becoming the start of next season rather than the finish of this season. And I, I think that's true. You know, and you kind of use it as a bridge toward next year. Yeah. And I think that's exactly exactly what we, we're doing. And, and look, yeah. if the bowl game – was the Rose Bowl or better? Sure, it's different. Yeah, it's different, but there's only a few like that. I mean, we we've kind of entered a you know with the playoff and and people playing the playoff, but we were in that already with the BCS. That you know, like the national titles, what matters? And then there's a handful of other games that really feel like they matter. You well, know, and our conference is tied into one, maybe right. two. If you give the right. Holiday Bowl a, a, a nod, 
And, and you probably don't, really. Like, I, mean, I wouldn't, like, but... I, you know, I don't think you do. It's the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, the Big Ten has the, yeah. you know, those bowls down in Florida. Right. And, and those kind of yeah. matter. Or at least yeah, they, they feel like to. they do because of because they were New Year's Day and and you know and you get Big Ten SEC or something like that like Alabama Michigan this year um, you know so it, it resonates a little but really I, I mean I think if you wanted to be a true you know maybe this sounds cynical but maybe outside of the playoff games and the Rose Bowl just because of the history of it and the pomp and circumstance surrounding it is there a game that really I mean, is there a game right now that, that you've looked at and thought, boy, i got to see that game outside of those three? Mm. I mean, and, and ASU, just because it's ASU. Yeah. I mean, no. There isn't for me either. Like, I'll, You know, I'll, I mean, the Sugar Bowl is a big game, but Georgia-Baylor, does that does that get your heart pumping? It doesn't really for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm interested in, in Badgers-Ducks at the yeah, Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and the Rose Bowl's, you know, it's a fun game, and, and it's a great stadium, and... I mean, you know, it's got some meaning regardless of who's in it, and you know, um, but really outside of that, you know, again, I mean, the Sugar Bowl is one of the most historic bowl games, you know, of all time. The Orange Bowl is too, and those games have kind of been watered down unless they're playoff games. Um, you know, Georgia made the Sugar Bowl last year, and very obviously didn't care that much. They showed up, just kind of went through the motions and got beat, and they might do the same thing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's pivot real quick to ASU coaches. Yeah. Pre- still missing some. Yeah. Uh, Prentice Gill is still on the staff. Still doesn't have a defined role as far as I can tell. <laughs> no, though I think the presumption is wide receivers coach. Uh, that seems to be the thought at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, that still leaves offensive coordinator open now. Yeah. Chip Long is available. Yeah, but, yeah, probably not yeah. coming back. You wouldn't think so. I mean, that's that's an interesting story. That that I feel like there's some layers to it that we don't know yet because uh, you know it's a mutual parting of ways. Well, you know what? What does that mean? Um, I mean, does he have a better opportunity? Is Brian Kelly wanting to go another direction? Um, I mean, their offense was very productive these last couple of years. Uh, you know, I think they averaged. I think I read today they averaged 37 points a game. So, not bad, um, but it it went away in the biggest games. You know, I mean, it 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 was it struggled mightily against Clemson last year. Admittedly, a great defense, but they struggled very much offensively. And against Georgia this year, and against Michigan this year, their two losses they were under twenty points. And so, I, you know, is it a is it more of a firing than a than a parting, or is it him with a better opportunity? Not sure what to make of that. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because nothing is ever mutual. Someone had to come out right. first and say, <laughs> and then, "Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it's hard to believe that it was like they both just walked in the room and said at the same time, you know, I think we should go our own way. Oh, okay, well, perfect. Yeah, that works well. Yeah, I." I assume that what happened in South Bend was not a. He walked in one day and said, "Oh, we don't." We don't need to do this, right? And right, the right. Notre yeah. Dame powers that be were like, "Yeah, no, we're good." Yeah, no, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one side initiated it. You would, I guess, you, you know, you, you tend to think it was Notre Dame 
because, you know, I mean, you don't often leave being an offensive coordinator of a place like that unless you're going to be a head coach or you have a, another offensive coordinator job lined up for you right away at an even more high-profile place like, a, you know, Alabama or something like that. Um, so I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, it would be an interesting name. He, would, he obviously has been here before. Um, uh, I'd be intrigued by it if, if we could do that. But it's as I texted you today, it's gone pretty quiet. And, you know, the, the coaching market is – moving rapidly um you know uh, like there's there's assistants being hired there's former head coaches being hired as assistants and then there's assistants being hired as head coaches and there's lane kiffin back in the sec there is he's back and he's and he's trying to poach people off the alabama staff apparently and it's in his first salvo toward nick saban which i mean you know like the guy will be nothing if not entertaining enjoy it while it lasts because it might not last that long but He'll, you know, I mean, a perfect match. You and I have been to Ole Miss. We've seen it. Um, and there is a, you know, there is a feeling, I mean, not just because of their nickname, of, you know, a rebel program there. It's, it, you know, that's just how the fan base feels and it's how everything feels there. It's like, you know, we're going to do things a little bit outside the margins and we don't care. And boy, is he a great fit for that mentality. Well, and look. People are talking about Ole Miss for the first time since they somehow, wink, wink, got the number one recruiting class. Right. (laughs) They got Kim Dietschy and Treadwell and Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's Ole Miss. I mean, that's what they did with Hugh Freeze. Everybody kind of knew that they were operating outside the margins and they got to two major bowl games and they beat Alabama two years in a row and, and it didn't last long. And we might be seeing something similar here. I don't know if they'll reach those same heights. Um, but, you know, you know it'll be entertaining. An annual meeting with, with Nick Saban, an annual meeting with uh, Ed Orgeron and LSU. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be some amusement because the guy just can't help himself but to take shots. Look, if you want to win the press conference and get media attention and you don't want to hire Herm Edwards – there's nobody better than Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know, and he brings a uh, an exciting offense. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, everywhere he's gone, FAU, Alabama, where he's the coordinator, um, he's a good play caller. I'm not sure if he's a good head coach. I don't think the, the verdict is in on that yet. But you know, they'll score points. They'll be entertaining. Um, he'll take some shots at you know referees and other coaches and other athletic directors and other fan bases and. You know, it, it. I mean, it's it's juicy for the fans and the media. Um, you know, will it will it end well? Almost certainly not, because nowhere he's been has it ended well, except for I guess Florida Atlantic. And even then, you know, he, he accepts a job on the eve of their conference title game, and you know, within twenty minutes of finishing, it's announced officially that he's leaving. Um, but everywhere else he's been, it's ended badly, and it probably will end badly there too. Yeah, but you're gonna get the fun Alabama game, the fun LSU game. Oh, I don't, sure. I don't know oh. when they play Tennessee, but I don't know either. That's the that's the disappointing part is you know you, it's if you're in the opposite division and you're not a permanent rival and they're not, you could go you know six seven years. I mean, A and M played Georgia this year it was the first time they played since they joined the SEC, and that was eight years ago. So it it could be quite a while before they play Tennessee. Yeah, and if it is, don't count on him still being there. Yeah. Uh, Matt, college football top four for the playoff: LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. That that felt right. 
I mean, it's really the only choice, honestly. Uh, you know, I it was a year that there was no real debate. Um, I mean, if you if you wanted to be a gadfly, you could say, you know, well, why not Oregon? Um, because did or did Oregon outside of them playing Auburn in a neutral site? And, and Oklahoma not playing a game like that in non-conference, what was the difference between them? Not much. Um, but, look, a, a, t- a two-loss team is not going to get in ahead of a one-loss team in a conference championship situation. That's been established over the course of six years in the playoff, and it, it continued. Yeah, I I feel for Oregon, but they they choked the game against ASU. They did. They did. And they, they, they would have been in. Yeah, they, they if they had uh, if they'd won that game and then play certainly you know everything else the same if they win that game and then they beat Utah in the fashion they did they would have been in over Oklahoma I, I definitely believe that um, but they didn't and you know now I mean Pat Forty made this point and he's right that you know the, the you know the second biggest mistake that Oregon made was scheduling Auburn and the third biggest was losing to Auburn and if they had just scheduled you know Eastern Washington instead. And beat them, probably they would be twelve and one and in the playoff. Everything else being exactly the same, he's probably right. Uh, so you know, it's a good point, but that's the world we live in right now. And you know, losses are losses, and they took a risk, and that risk backfired on them. Uh, yeah, I mean, the flip side too. is they they win that against Auburn, they're probably comfortably in, even with the loss to yes. ASU. Oh, they would. I agree, and they should have won that Auburn game. They were they were up for the large majority of it, and they, they gave up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to an offense that had done little to nothing until then, um, and couldn't finish the game. And, and so you know, I mean, but yeah, ultimately this was an easy decision. The only real drama I felt like was who was going to be the number one seed, and you know, and therefore which of the which of the whoever was it was going to play Clemson in a game that felt like a mammoth game, and it does. You know, Ohio State Clemson really feels like a, a big-time game. It sold out quick. It did, you know, and it's, it's hard to predict, um, you know, because both teams have just been so good all year that, it, you, you know, you don't look at it and think, well, that team sure feels better. Now, that doesn't mean it will be a great game. You know, you never know. Um, but, it boy, it just feels like a, a matchup of the Titans, you, you know. You got the top two quarterbacks from the you know class two years ago that you know they both played in the state of Georgia. They were compared to each other all the way through their careers, and now here they are meeting in the you know Fiesta Bowl for the for the semifinal. Uh, you know, so it's a good storyline. Um, and you know they played in the Fiesta Bowl three years ago in the semifinal, and here they are again. Don't expect it to be the same type of game when it was thirty-one nothing Clemson. Uh, you think you know Ohio State? I think is a better team this year than they were that year, but um, should be fun. And, you know, the road isn't too difficult for LSU when it comes to travel. You know, they play in Atlanta, and if they win, they get to play in New Orleans. So not not too bad for them if, if it goes that route. It's nice when you're the number one seed and, and it works out for you like an NCAA tournament where you basically yeah. play the regional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, I, as I look ahead and – are we gonna Are we gonna do our college football playoff picks now, or do we want to wait? Uh, I think we can. I think we can save it. But we, you can okay. give your initial thoughts. I'm I'm leaning towards just picking the two higher seeds. Are you? Uh, I'm leaning toward LSU and Clemson. I think Clemson is just you know I think they're really good, and I think it's been obsessed with you know 
who they haven't played, you know, to, to kind of steal a Dabo line. We've been focused more on who they haven't played rather than who they are. And so I'm kind of leaning that way, and I would probably lean Clemson for the whole thing if the championship game wasn't in New Orleans. But it is in New Orleans, which just feels like the last bit of magic for this LSU season because it's been a magical one. If LSU wins the title, can we just make a pronouncement that Coach O will succeed Nick Saban as everyone's favorite coach? (laughs) No. (laughs) And you know why? Because the last LSU coach to win a national title got fired. So, you know, I mean, they may love him now, but, you know, love is fleeting in college football and all sports. Uh, you know, you, you could be a legend and three years later be fired. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, first Packers head coach to win right. the Super Bowl and be fired midseason. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Joe Madden, uh, you know, ended the 108-year drought. Three years later, asked to not return, basically. Uh, you know, and probably was the right decision. But, you know, it's just one of those things, like, it happens, uh, you know, uh, you wear out your welcome. So, you know, it's it's a feel-good moment, but it doesn't mean they'll love him forever, because they probably won't. Uh, but, you know, they'll, they'll certainly love him for, you know, eight or nine months if he wins a national title. Till, yeah. the, till the first game of next year when they don't have Joe Burrow, and, you know, if the offense struggles, it's going to be, see, he's overrated. Burrow carried him. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how I think everyone will... <laughs> We'll yeah, see it. Just like, uh, you know, Clay Helton and Sam Darnold. When we talked about Clay Helton, you know, well, Clay Helton's record without Sam Darnold is this and this. Yeah, but he play, he's the one who got Sam Darnold and played mm-hmm. him and put him in that, you know, so like, I, I feel like that's a little unfair. Like, you know, sometimes you make these arguments. And it's like, well, yeah, if you take away someone's best accomplishment, yeah, they're probably not very good. Yeah. I mean, without the six NBA titles, what did Michael Jordan ever do? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. If you look at Jordan's time as an owner, his teams are right. terrible. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I take away the 15 majors and Tiger Woods never won anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah, take away the Sam Darnold years, Clay Helton hasn't done anything. Okay, he was there for the Sam Darnold years, and he played Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, but whatever. I think it is unfair. I agree. Uh, you know, but that that will be. I mean, you could, I could, I could forecast that right now. That if you know, if LSU struggles at all next year, you know, they lose a, a key early SEC game, and be well, Orgeron was a creation of Joe Burrow and those wide receivers, and now he's being exposed as a head coach. Yeah. Um. So the bowl sponsors. I didn't tell you I was going to do this before, but I, I think it's going to be okay. fun. The bowl sponsors change. And the Bulls change yes, all yes. the time. Yeah. So the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. I don't know if it's okay. Tropical Smoothie Cafe or if it's Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco or, or I think what. it's the first. Yeah. Because I think Frisco is actually where it is. Yeah, it's in Frisco, Texas. I'm, okay. I, that's true. Uh, the Makers Wanted Bahama Bowl. These are the things that, like, we've got the Celebration Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl. But what I'd like to do now, Matt, is name a couple sponsors and see if you can tell me what bowl game. Oh, gosh. Okay. This will be be tricky. Some of them will be be regular longtime sponsors. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, R&L Carriers. I think that's New Orleans. That is the New Orleans Bowl. Okay. That's been that way for a while. Right. I mean, I'm easing your... Yeah, you started yeah. me out with a 
not necessarily a fastball down the middle, but a you know a, a, a slider that I could yeah. hit. Uh, new era. Oh gosh. They play it in New York. Oh, pinstripe bowl? Correct. At Yankee, at Yankee Stadium? Okay, okay. San Diego County Credit Union. I think that's the Holiday Bowl, right? That is the Holiday Bowl. Okay, because there is no more poinsettia bowl, I don't think. There is not. All right, all right. So then is when – here's where it gets fun, okay? Yeah. These are these are some of my, my favorite yeah. ones. Bad Boy Mowers. That's the Gasparilla Bowl. That is the Gasparilla Bowl. Why I know that, I don't know, but but I just it, it rolls off the tongue. Bad Boy Mowers, Gasparilla Bowl. Cherubundi. Boca Raton? Yes. I don't know All what right. Cherry Bundy is. <laughs> you got me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It might also be Sherry Bundy. It might be a it Sherry be. O'Terry-based bowl <laughs> brand. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Walk-ons. Uh, is that Independence Bowl? It is. What is walk-ons? Okay. Is it a celebration walk-ons, of non-scholarship players? I do know what walk-ons is, actually. Walk-ons is a sports bar in the South. Okay. There was one not far from um, the hotel I stayed at when I went to the Manning Passing Academy thing a couple years ago. That's the only reason I know. I almost went there to eat. <laughs> so, you know, personal experience gets me that one. Do you have any idea the location of the Quick Lane Bowl? Yes, I do. Detroit. That's amazing. Ford, Ford Field. Yeah, yeah. Cheese it Bowl. That's easy. Goodyear. That's that's Cotton Bowl. Yep. Uh, so this is one that I think is made up. Serve Pro. What bowl is that? Oh, that's the first responder bowl. Yeah. And that's in Dallas, I believe, right at the Cotton Bowl. At well, the actual Cotton Bowl. Yeah, now it's referred to as Gerald Ford Stadium. But yes, I believe oh, it's at the Oh, that's not in Dallas then. No, Gerald it's... Ford Stadium is, a, is a, it might be Dallas, but that's not the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Maybe they used to play it there. But the reason I remember that is last year's Serve Pro First Responder Bowl was the game that started and then got canceled because of weather and they never, they never finished it. <laughs> and the Serve Pro motto is, like it never happened. And basically, <laughs> that's what the game was. That's amazing. So that I know that just because of that. Again, you know, one thing sticks in my head and I can do it. Tony the Tiger. Sun Bowl. Just bought my tickets tonight, so if I don't know that one, I'm in trouble. Verbo, VRBO. Is that the Citrus Bowl? It is the Citrus Bowl. Okay, okay. That one challenged me a little. The original sponsor bowl game that I remember that I didn't know was a sponsor... Until years later, Outback, the Outback, the Outback Raymond Bowl. James Stadium. Yes, that's God. That might be the longest running sponsor now. I would think. Doesn't it have to be? I mean, it's been, it's the, been Outback the Outback Bowl. Bowl since we were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and you're right. I, I don't. That's one of those that when we were kids, I never even thought like, oh, that's a sponsor. That's the restaurant. It just that was the Outback Bowl. Yeah, which was followed by the Citrus Bowl, Gator Bowl, and you know that was that. Matt. Where is the Louisiana versus Miami of Ohio Lending Tree Bowl on January 6th? Birmingham? Very close. Mobile. Mobile. Okay, I knew it was one of the two Alabama places. <laughs> yeah, Lad Birmingham Peebles. Birmingham is, is BBVA Compass, isn't it? Or does it have a new sponsor now? 
Uh, it has a new sponsor, and unfortunately, it's the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Oh, I would not have known that. Okay. If you'd asked me that sponsor, I would have whiffed. Yeah. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Gator Bowl, yes. Yes. Yeah. Played in Jacksonville. So there are, I believe, two bowl games that are presented by bowl games. Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl presented. Is it presented by Northwestern Mutual? It is. The Rose Bowl presented by Northwestern Mutual. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing better at this than I expected, actually. You're killing it. The other one is the Military Bowl presented by. Oh, gosh. I know who's in the game. North Carolina and Temple, I believe. That's correct. Do I get get partial credit for that? That Uh, is correct. It's played in Annapolis, Maryland. And the sponsor. Oh, wait, wait. uh, Northrop Grumman or Grumman. Yes. Oh, my goodness, Matt. You're killing it. Bang. Yes. (laughs) And I'm not cheating. Hand to God. I'm sitting here watching golf. I'm not online. I'm not on my phone. I know. This is. These are one of those skills that I appreciate, and I know yeah, you have, yeah. and I'm not sure other people. I'm not sure other people get it. Well, I, I, that's okay. That's fine. They don't need to. How many bowl games are too many? Because I think we're at too many. But we're, we're at too many. Yeah, we're at too many. I mean, like, I, it's one of those where you know you just enjoy them, and I do. Um, is it is it too many in the sense of like? You know, coaches pat themselves on the back for, oh, I made five bowls in six years. Yeah, that's way too many for that. A bowl season does not mean you had a good season. But, you know, hey, it's it's fun. It's harmless. Uh, you know, I guess. Uh, I mean, guys get injured and stuff like that. But if you know, if you treat it for what it is, I think it's fine. You know, I guess. Like, you, you treat it for what it is. They are exhibitions. They are fun little meetings between random teams here and there and everywhere. That, you know, again, you can have fun with the sponsors. You can have fun with where they're played. Uh, but that's all they are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is 41 or 42 too many? Yeah. Would, it, would they mean more if there was 20? Absolutely. But, but there's not going to be. One thing uh, I yeah, learned I mean, is that ESPN owns, owns the Owns a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I mean, it's, 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 uh, I don't want to say it's cheap programming for them, but it's easy programming for them at a time of year where, you know, it's, it's the holiday season. You got, you know, your regular, you know, shows are going to be off the air because, you know, people are taking vacations. And so it's, it's easy programming for them to put on, on, you know, December 21st and then the 24th and 26th and 27th and 28th. And, you know, you fill up those days with, and, and I'll be watching. I mean, I've already looked at the schedule and thought, you know, okay, I'm at work on the 27th at 10 a.m. is North Carolina and Temple. That's why I knew who was in that game. Uh, I'll, you know, put it on my iPad and watch it while I'm sitting there at work. Why not? I I don't have an answer for that. That's. I mean, does it matter? No, not one bit. <laughs> but you know, is it is it fun? Sure, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Now, one thing we did not mention as we went through this and we talked about the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl was congratulations to our former offensive coordinator, Mike Norvell. Yeah, new Florida State head coach. Did not see Florida that State coming. Coach. No, I didn't either. I didn't either, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, is is he going to go Scott Frost? I haven't seen. Is he planning on... He is not. Okay. He is not. He said he was not because of the, you know, the, the quick turnaround to recruiting and, you know, basically didn't feel like he could give Memphis his full preparation while also working for Florida State. So no, he is not coaching in the game. Um, 
but a heck of a run. And, and you know, we, I think we talked about this a week or two ago while we were recording. If not, it was after. Um, you know, pretty cool. I know, you know, neither one of them were top ten teams, but Brady White, Bryce Perkins, who were both former ASU quarterbacks, are going to be in, you know, New Year's Bowl games. Brady White in the Cotton Bowl, Bryce Perkins in the Orange Bowl. Good for them. Like, that's, that's pretty cool to think that these two guys who started here and through injuries, really, for both of them, ended up in different places, landed on their feet, did pretty well for themselves. Yeah. I'll say this. When that recruit, you know, when that set of guys with Manny Wilkins came in, I did not think this year two of them would be ranked in the top 25 and the third right. would be on an NFL practice squad for a exactly. full season. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I mean, they were all on the same roster and, and you know, and again, Todd Graham took some heat during his time here for his struggles at getting his own quarterback. But, you know, Manny ended up being a pretty solid starter. I mean, he, he wasn't the greatest, uh, you know, he's he's not a you know college football Hall of Famer or anything like that, but he had a nice three-year run as the starter. And you're right, you know, he's he's at least, you know, quasi on an NFL roster, which is better than I would have expected. Um, and yeah, the other two guys, again, you know, Perkins got injured with the neck injury and then White played and then got injured with the foot injury that was apparently very severe. It kept him out a whole year and it pushed both of them to leave. Um, but good for them. You know, glad they landed on their feet. I think White potentially has one more year yeah. at Memphis. I don't know if he'll take it now with a new head coach. Well, now uh, that he's know, graduated, he, he could transfer to Florida State. <laughs> he, he could. He could. Yeah, he could. And, yeah, that's an interesting thought because he certainly would have that option. Um, and, you know, he gets that extra year, too, because of the, the medical redshirt year that he got when he was hurt here. So, um, you know, the, the transfer portal for quarterbacks should be wild this offseason. Um, did you see Jake Bentley's going to Utah? Already already committed there, kid from South Carolina. I did not see that. That's interesting. Yeah, that was fast. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, he steps right in there. Now, I, I'm curious if he is just an automatic to win that job. I wouldn't say that he is. Because, I mean, they, you know, they got two guys who played some this year when Huntley was banged up. And I think Bentley was, like, all that great. He was good. But he wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um but yeah, it, it'll be an interesting year for for transfers and back and forth, and uh, certainly Norvell might be in the market for one at Florida State because you know Alex Hornibrook was there, but he's gone, and, and Blackman hasn't been all that great. I, I doubt he's you know the man of the future without at least competition. Yeah, but it is interesting. The the uh, you know the other thing about Graham, not just the quarterbacks, but the coaches. You know, you have an yeah. offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, yeah. an offensive coordinator at the SEC, the head coach of Nevada, the head coach at uh-huh. Memphis, uh huh, the head coach at NAU. Dan Lanning was on that staff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some pretty good coaches on that staff. And now, I mean, you know, we were a pretty good team. You go back to you know 2012 to 2014; those were our best years with Graham. And and yeah, you look back at the guys that were on those staffs and. Some pretty good ones, uh, you know, and then even, you know, in later, Billy Napier obviously was here and he, you know, he got to a conference title game this year with Louisiana. And yeah, Jay Norvell, head, you know, head coach. Jay Norvell at Nevada, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, you know, it's pretty, pretty solid, honestly. I mean, again, I, I know Graham, you know, Graham has a mixed legacy here and it'll probably always be that way. Um, but, you, you know, you look at it and it, it wasn't, it wasn't all that bad. Like, I know he rubbed some people the wrong way with his shtick. Um, and, and certainly things fell apart at the end, especially defensively, which was supposed to be his calling card. Um, but, you know, not too shabby when you look at it from the big picture. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think overall you can assess it as a, a solid tenure. Yeah. 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 But, you know, uh, pretty cool for those. I mean, really, you know, to, to look up and see, you know, there's, you know, six starting quarter or 12 starting quarterbacks in the six New Year's games. And two of them are, you know, guys who started at ASU. Now you could look at that, I suppose, you know, if you're a glass half empty person and say, well, boy, you should have kept one of them. But, you know, realistically, if you look at it, that wasn't in the cards. Bryce Perkins had a neck injury. Well, Perkins was already career. gone. I, Perkins right. had right. Perkins played at JUCO after his freshman yes. year because exactly. we said, I'm not sure we can take you back and, and you won't right. win the quarterback job. Well, he yeah, proved them he, wrong. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. But Yeah, he did. He did. And good, and good for him. I mean, I, again, I hold no – like there's no part of me that's like, oh, God, I wish one of those guys or both of them had struggled because, you know, then we wouldn't look bad for letting him go. Like – you know, you had to make the decisions in the moment you were in. And Bryce Perkins had a career-threatening neck injury. You certainly couldn't commit to him being your quarterback. Um, and Brady White, you know, had to sit out an entire year with a foot injury. And basically, you know, it became Manny's program by that point. Well, and the, uh, you know, the they, foot injury, that could have been the moment. Because he had started the UCLA game. We won the yeah, UCLA game. And played fairly well in that game, yeah. And he yeah. could have just taken the job over. He could have, yeah. I mean, you wonder, you wonder how much would have been different, just in so many ways. You know, we we win that game, we're five and one that year. If he stays healthy, we, we don't have to rush Manny back from injury, and you know, maybe we win. I'm not saying we would have gone on to go eleven and one that year, but you know, could we have gone eight and four that year if he stays healthy and plays the next couple, and then Manny comes back and he's fully healthy, or maybe Brady White just takes the job and runs with it. You just never know. Like, it's one of those what-ifs that, you know, and and how different things would have been if we had not collapsed that year. I know Graham stayed for the next year, but he was basically dead man walking when you look back at it now. Like, you know, the, the decision, I believe, was made after the 2016 season that he was being fired after the 2017 season. Yeah. I Unless think we went, you know, 11-1 and one or 12-0 and 0 or something like that. Yeah. I'm seeing as how we ain't gonna ever be up by right. now. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, seven and five was okay, but it wasn't good enough to keep his job at that point. Because, as we know, seven and seven five, and five is not good enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, you know, 2020 will be time to put our money where our mouth is there and prove that it's not. Because, yeah, I mean, certainly if you wanted to poke fun at ASU, and we do it so that other people don't, I guess. Um, you know, since Ray Anderson's comments that seven and five isn't good enough, we've had two years of seven and five. Yeah, we replaced a coach who finished seven and five because seven right. and five was unacceptable. Right, and the coach who took and over gone. has gone seven, seven and, five and five. And seven and five, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a nice, even fourteen and ten in two years if mm-hmm. you discount the bowl game, which I do, of which everyone should because they don't and matter. They don't, and I'll say that the same way if we win this year. And I hope we do. You know, obviously, it's always more fun to win than lose. But, you know, if we win and then it's like, oh, well, he had an eight-win season. No. He had a seven-win season. An eight-win season is winning eight out of your 12 regular season games. Yeah. You know, it's a nice exhibition win over, let's be honest, if we do beat Florida State, this is not vintage Florida State. Uh, I mean, they're six and six. They fired their coach midway through the year. Uh, most of their good players are injured. Like, they were racked by injuries, uh, you know. So we're not even seeing the best players from this mediocre Florida State team. Yeah. 
fired their coach, who is now taking over for Lane Kiffin. That's right. <laughs> Florida Atlantic, the rest home for fired coaches. Yeah. I wonder if Taggart had it to do over again if you would have uh, maybe stayed at Oregon. Stayed at Oregon. You wonder. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's a uh, stat I read about him now going to Florida Atlantic when he coaches there next year. In a nine-season span, he will have been the head coach for five different programs. That has got to be a record. There, there cannot be a coach who's equaled that, right? I think that's got to be true. I mean, is it Western Kentucky 2012, South Florida starting in 2013 for four years, I think. Oregon for one year, Florida State for one and a half, and now Florida Atlantic. That's tough to do. It really is. It really is. It's it's impressive and sad. And, all well, the same and time. it's the other thing is it's four trending up. Yes, and then a just dramatic fall. A drop. <laughs> a drop. Yeah. Well, I mean, his Florida State tenure maybe it was bound to fail, no matter who it was. It's possible. I mean, things that things devolved quickly under Jimbo Fisher. They really they went from you know 2013 to 2014, winning a title and getting to the playoffs the next year, to just falling off the map. And so maybe whoever took over was going to have trouble. But boy, was it a disaster! I mean, from from the first game which I was at, and there was a lot of high hopes and a lot of optimism, you know, brimming around there about how much this guy was going to do well. And by the end of that night. It was gone, and it never came back. Like, I mean, you know, people left that stadium. I remember people leaving that stadium and hearing the grumbling, and it, it never came back. Like, he lost all the goodwill in one night. Yeah. It's a, it's a fickle business. It is. It is, man. I mean, I remember, you know, he comes out pregame with the team, and they show him on the jumbotron, and big ovation, and, you know, and it's, you know, like, man, I'm thinking, boy, people are really happy to see Jimbo Fisher gone. And they, they were and they still are. But, boy, did he just, you know, it all just burned up in that night. And he had chances to get it back, but it never happened. Every time they showed just a little bit of positive progress, next week was a disaster. Yeah. It'll be a, you know, if they ever do one, it'd be a fascinating, you know, 30 for 30 type documentary. What, what happened to Florida State? After 2015, because it looked like they were, you know, on a trajectory to be a dominant program for years and years. And God, they just fell apart fast. I also think it would be an interesting uh, look at our podcast, because even when they show a little bit of improvement, the next week is just a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, I think this has been one of our better ones. Yeah, I know. We're showing great progress and and it's all going to fall apart next week. Right. Right, uh, the fans are not leaving tonight grumbling. They're leaving thinking, "Hey, we got we got positive trending here." Yeah, but uh, next week we are going to talk about the college football playoff. We're going to talk about yes. ASU's bowl game. We're going to talk about NFL top ten all time yes. quarterbacks. Yes, we're going to make our picks before Bill Belichick and his band of merry men announce theirs, which is coming right after Christmas for the top ten all time. So we're gonna we're gonna get ours on the record and see how close we match up with the. With the experts, I guess. Yeah. But until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.